Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Father, we thank you for your word. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you that, Holy Spirit, you are here with us and you are our teacher. And we ask again, as we did, as we were worshiping, we, we trust for a place of intimacy. Lord. We would trust to draw nearer to you this morning. And we ask, Lord, that you would stir in our hearts this morning that which is dearest to you and that which what matters most to you, Lord. We trust to connect with you on that, in that place of intimacy, Lord, where we understand your heart and we have moved towards your heart in the way we live, Lord. So we bring ourselves before you, and we trust ourselves to you, and we consecrate this time to you. Let your name be glorified among us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great. So we um, actually, want, before we go much further than that, I want to ask you one or two questions, where you can quickly, dis- not discuss with them, somebody next to you, but just answer. I think they're easy questions. So if we think about a few uh, well-known companies. Um, I want you to tell the person next to you what is this company's core business, right? Starbucks. Go. What's their core business? Have you heard of it? Do you know what it is? It's actually not so well-known as South Africa. <laughs> Starbucks. Did most of you get it? All right. Smarties. They smell smarties. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Starbucks. Toyota. Tell the person next to you, what does Toyota do? Okay, there might be conflicting opinions about this in terms of the quality, but uh, in any case, we all agree on what they do. <laughs> they make cars. Colgate. Colgate. Anybody? Quickly. You know when, when a, a brand gets to a place where somebody would say the name of the brand instead of the name of the product? the name of the thing. Instead of people saying, a lot of people would say, instead of saying toothpaste, they say Colgate. Have you noticed that? That's a powerful brand right there. Any case, how about Coca-Cola? Anybody know what they do? Make a guess. All right. Then, how about the Church of Jesus Christ? Quickly tell your neighbor, what is the core business? The main aim Let's not get quiet now. Quickly tell your name. <laughs> What's the main aim of the church of Jesus Christ on this earth? Okay. I'm not going to answer that now. We'll get to that. Right. Amen. Then, second question that ties in with that is, why did Jesus actually come to earth? And we're going to just get a standstill around that a little bit. Let's look at this, the account of Zacchaeus in uh, Luke chapter 19. So I'm going to read from 1 to 10, so just hang in there a bit. <clears throat> okay, before we do that, so <clears throat> these companies that we mentioned now, they, they spend billions making sure that everybody knows what they are all about they i mean they say that coke is probably one of the most recognized brands on the planet 
you and uh, and I've seen this on mission <laughs> mission trips into the deepest darkest parts of Africa the first reaches of where it seems to be like nowhere and you get to this little shop in the middle of nowhere in the desert and there will be a coke sign on the shop no jokes and then you go to the rural most rural part of India also you get these massive plains and then you'll stop at a little station there and sure as anything there will be a little coke sign <laughs> so that's really impressive but uh, so that's why I'm asking about us as the, as the church of Jesus Christ how committed are we to our main aim and are we clear on what it is and are we do we have is it as clear as most of these um, organizations have been have we been as successful in terms of being clear and confident in what our main aim is okay so I'm going to read this bit um, and then let's chat a bit around this dynamic here that we see happening Luke chapter 19 from verse 1 and he, ent he entered Jericho and was passing through and behold, this is Jesus. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on the account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. He was vertically challenged. So he ran on ahead, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place... He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled, He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now just a bit of context here. Uh, a tax collector in those days would be working, it would be a local person of the local community, so he would be known by the community, but he would be working for the Roman emperor so he'd be working for the roman empire he would be collecting taxes from the locals and apparently they would have like a, a target see not not something new a target to achieve every month and anything that they are able to collect above that they keep for themselves how's that how's that for incentive any case so most of these guys would firstly you know he, this guy was a chief tax collector so he wasn't just an average one so most of these guys would be complete outcast because they would they would be defrauding their own people they would be stealing from and, and kind of taking more than that was necessary and they would be overtaxing their own people their own community so most of these guys were very rich but very much not kind of outcast and very much not popular in the community so that's the basic um, the context there and uh, we see, now I want, to look at, uh, I want us to look at a few key things that we see happening here um, when Jesus comes uh, into this town. Now, it, it sounds like there was a crowd of people, so Jesus is a popular guy, you know, people follow him and want to see what's going on. Lots of people f um, wanting to see him. Uh, and then we see this very interesting 
phrase right in the beginning here. We see that Zacchaeus was seeking to see who Jesus was. He, he was a sinner. He was a tax collector. He was clearly not a follower of Christ. But yet he had a desire to see who Jesus was. And I, I want us to realize that as we are stepping out and emulating Christ in terms of reaching those around us, understand and have a confidence in that before we even start to pray for our neighbor or our colleague or that person near to us, God is already working in their hearts. He is already putting in them a desire to see who Jesus is, even before you've opened your mouth, even before you've even thought of them. And He's put in us a desire. And I've seen this, in, and you know how we tend to judge somebody by their appearance and their <laughs> and so I've you know been privileged enough to be sharing the gospel with in different contexts with people and I've been so surprised sometimes when I see for instance somebody that is maybe dressed all black you know wearing makeup you know and piercings everywhere and tattoos everywhere else and then having a conversation with them and realizing that they have a real desire to know Jesus. And I think, well, I wouldn't have said, thought that <laughs> looking just at the exterior. And just, you can take that to the other extreme. Maybe somebody driving a very flashy car and a fancy suit and you know, maybe the CEO of some company or the leader of a nation on the surface thinking they don't, they don't need anything. <laughs> but meantime they could have such a desire to know Christ. I mean, so before we even start, God has already started working. He's already drawing hearts. He's already putting a desire in there. Even if it's not expressed desire, even if that person isn't probably properly aware of it themselves, God puts that in their heart. Amen. <clears throat> he wanted to see who Jesus was. And then we see a powerful thing. And, um, we see that Jesus is being led by the Holy Spirit. Because among that crowd of people, probably having a busy schedule, right? He's walking past this tree, and among all these people, he stops and speaks to the guy in the tree. And I suspect the Holy Spirit gave him a, a word about who's this guy's name, who he is, and who, what his name is. Because he didn't, never met him before. We don't see any proof of that in Scripture. And he calls him down from the tree. So my first point is here that he's, he was so in tune with the Holy Spirit, in tune with what the Father was saying, what the Father wanted to do, that even on his schedule, on his journey, he was able to stop <clears throat> and stop and, and listen to what the Holy Spirit was saying and engage with Zacchaeus in the tree. That's my first point. If we go on, <clears throat> Excuse me. let's go on to the next one. Um, and I, I suspect that not only did Jesus, was Jesus you know, prepared to stop on his way on it somewhere, but he, for, as, if I have to guess, I would say this was one of his points on his schedule for the day. But for us it maybe would have been different. Well, for us maybe it would have been, I'm rushing, I'm going through my day, I've got, I'm late for something, um, Am I willing and able to stop when the Holy Spirit 
wants me to engage with somebody? Am I, am I in a place with my relationship with Christ that even in the crazy lives that we live, maybe, say, when I'm... Oh, that doesn't happen every day, because, but when I have all three children with me, to be honest, and Anna's not around, sometimes it's, it gets hectic. Okay? Sometimes I do not feel like there's order. Okay, I don't know if you've done that. If you've, so, for instance, when you try and go shopping with three children, I don't know, that's, for me, it's, it's, um, it's not always a very productive exercise. <laughs> my, my, my best scenario there is uh, if I have a, little, a few things to shop for and I put them all in the trolley, if I could, I would strap them down as well, but they don't know. <laughs> and then we just go where I want to go. And we <laughs> but then obviously it's limited space for shopping in the trolley. So anyway, that's tricky. But uh, even in a situation like that, am I open and am I in tune with the Holy Spirit to a point where I, can able, I am able to stop and minister to somebody that I might encounter? And I believe that God is inviting us to that place. Because I can tell you this, the times that I have been open and listening and willing to interrupt my very important schedule, the reward and the blessing has been phenomenal. To see how God would engage and touch somebody's life that I maybe wouldn't have noticed if I'd just been running off to my own stuff. Amen? In fact, the, the first couple of years of my walk with Christ as a Christian... Maybe you can identify with this. I had zero concern for the lost. Let's, let me just be very brutally honest. I had very much a concern for my growth as a Christian. I was the desire for the blessings of God on my life. But I, had, to be honest with you, I had no thought about the lost. I, at one point, I, I remember having starting to have a concern in my heart for my fellow schoolmates. The Lord started to do something there. I didn't really know what to do with it. I remember there was a time where I was, I was praying. I started to, yes, the Lord was starting to stir something in my heart as I was seeking Him in terms of the lost, but it felt like I was praying for somebody far away. I was praying for the people in China or something. It felt like something far off. And then I remember there was a time where I started to pursue the heart of God much more urgently for my, for my life, His purpose. And then things started to really change because I was, I was no longer just focusing on my, my kingdom, pursuing my own desires. And it's amazing to see the work that God started to do in my heart. I remember even in times of intercession, that's where a lot of things happened in my heart. We, uh, we were praying for our residence at that point in, in Stellenbosch. A friend of mine kind of woke me up most mornings with coffee and said, come, we're going to pray. <laughs> and we prayed for our res for months in most mornings. We didn't see a lot of fruit. We saw one small group being established where there was no small group. But a year or so afterwards, there were about between eight and ten small groups in that race. Um, and, and so there was something was changing in my heart where I was starting to pray. And then I, I went overseas, and um, I just want to try and make this story short, but still not, not really 
You know, I remember on our first mission trip, it was a prayer trip. The first trip I went on where we prayed a lot. And there, that's where God started to really engage my heart about His purpose. And then out of that came, yes, more of a concern for the, for the loss, but not yet so much in terms of me taking action, if that makes sense. In, in terms of me actually changing my daily schedule because of this concern for the lost. And uh, I remember arriving in London in 2000 and I was working at a hotel and we heard about this South African congregation nearby. We were good Christians, this, a guy that I met there. And we decided as good Christians, we're going to go to the Soki, the church Soki. That's a little like a social dance thing. Okay, So we arrived there on the Friday night if, to go and join the social and then we were very shocked because there was only a small amount of people. There was no music. And then we were very disappointed <laughs> to hear that we had got the day wrong. That the Soki was on the Wednesday and we were at street evangelism. Can you imagine? Right? So we were, not, we were hoping you know, to engage with some <laughs> people of our own age and have fun and have social. And these guys were wanting to go and do street evangelism. So... So it was very awkward, um, but we managed, we, we, we stayed. And I'm so, so grateful to God. Because He started doing something in my heart that evening. And for the rest of my almost 10 months in London, I was basically there every Friday. And the Lord started to stir my heart in urgency for those that are on His heart. Amen? And I wasn't looking for that. But I believe by the grace of God, you know, through, through those times of prayer and through really seeking His will and really being, the Lord started to push me and lead me in that direction because I believe that's what's on His heart. Whether I, I was going to be an engineer or whatever, I was pursuing His purpose and I was engaging with Him in terms of His will. And this, that is where I ended up. And, and I remember going out there on the street very intimidated <laughs> and sometimes we would engage we were near King's Cross station in London we would engage with travelers and commuters and but then there were also those that were selling and buying drugs there were also those that were um, prostitutes and those you know pimps managing them um, there were those the homeless guys hanging around there trying to find big um, there were there was a very kind of mixed crowd that we were ministering to the Lord was continually just m moving something in my insides. But that would not have happened if I had not put myself in that position. If I decided, listen, guys, enjoy this, whatever you're doing here. I'm going to look for another suki or something. I don't know. There was a place where I had to respond and say, yes, okay, well, you know what, we're here now. Let's just see what happens. I'm so grateful. Um, and I'm actually, I, I can't imagine how that it took me so long as a, as a believer to get to that point. 
where I actually deliberately chose to, in my daily walk with Christ, include what's most important to Him. How did it take me that long? Um, I ended up going on this evangelism school thing in Vienna a few months later. Um, And um, for the guy that was was teaching, was doing a lot of the teaching, he came from a gangster background. This uh, Norwegian guy, huge guy, bodybuilder top guy with tattoos and long hair and scars everywhere. Very scary guy. And uh, he he came from, he was a pimp and a gangster. And... uh, Coming from that background, he, he kind of taught us also in terms of how you would reach out to somebody in that industry and in that uh, area of town. So the one day they took us to the red light district, uh, and uh, I was completely out of any sort of comfort zone. Uh, you know, I I was I grew up very sheltered, very protected, and this was way outside of any frame of reference for me. And I remember standing there to one side completely shocked at the condition of people there uh, in terms of the physical condition. Some already dying, some, you know, just completely devastated physically by drugs, by AIDS, etc. And I stood to one side. I didn't know what to say. And I stood to one side. I remember praying. I remember saying to the Lord, Lord, I don't have a clue. I, don't I can't relate to you at all. And then I prayed a very dangerous and a bit of a uh, prayer that you shouldn't just pray. But I did. I prayed. I said, Lord, won't you show me your heart and your love for these people? And I was completely broken. I was just weeping there in the corner. I was glad I wasn't in... It was like like a little hidden corner there. And uh, I was a mess, eh? But it was just the Lord just revealed something to me. That even though I didn't, couldn't relate after that, I, I could minister with boldness. Because I realized that my little fears and insecurities and everything else around that was so insignificant when, when compared to the passionate, urgent love of Christ for even the most down trodden, outcast member of our society. And my life was transformed. And I want to encourage us when we look at this, when we look at these three points, I want us to ask, how long will it take you and I to deliberately on a daily and a weekly basis choose to include in our lives what matters to God most? Or is it something that we would so, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just drop something in the offering for the missions. You know, go for it. I don't mind if you guys do that, okay? But uh, let's, let's not stay there. Let's, how long will it take for you and I to, to say, Lord, this, if this is the, what, the reason why the Son of Man came, what, shouldn't this be the most central part of my daily walk? Okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm way off track now, but in any case, so, so we see Jesus stop. We see him stop his schedule. Sorry, guys, let me just take a moment. Okay, 
hopefully I remember to switch off the mic there for a moment. I heard of a pastor that um, forgot to switch off the mic when he went to the loo before the service. That was unfortunate. In any case, so are we willing? Are we willing to be in a place where we are able to interrupt our schedule for God's schedule? We were able to live in a way that His schedule becomes ours. Amen? Because um, these things can happen anytime, any place. Are we, are we in a place of intimacy with Him where we are able to be about the Father's business? You know that part with Jesus? They find Jesus at age 12 in the temple after they've been missing for three, for three days. And His parents are like, what on earth are you doing here? And He's surprised. He's saying, what, what, I'm a I'm about my father's business. Where else should I be? And, I, you know, I'd, I'd love us to get to a place where I phone my friend and say, what are you doing? And he says, why do you have to ask? I'm about the father's business. This is what, I'm, this is what we do. Um, how, how much, how, to what extent are you and I in, in our daily walks? And I, guys, I'm, I'm at the same point. I'm, I'm convicted that if I'm not deliberate about this, it's just, it's not going to happen. Because our selfish human, fallen nature wants us to, is, is not inclined to that. Amen. Anyway, let's go on. Um, so he was able to stop, able to pause, able to hear the Spirit, and able to respond. Okay, let's go to the next one. So Jesus also gave him the gift of friendship. He actually said, I want to come. I need to come be your guest at you. He invited himself. How's that? He invited himself to Zacchaeus' house, like a bit of a no-no in some cultures. And he said he wants to eat there even. He wants to, he wants to uh, spend time there. It ended up there. He ate there. And that, and that meant intimate relationship. If you ate with somebody in that cultural context, you, may, you meant you wanted to know them, you, you wanted to be seen with them. It was not just a quick thing. You, you, you were serious about this. Um, and the crowd was not blessed. You know, They were like, why is he doing this? Why is he going to be with a sinner? And my, my question is, when last has somebody accused you and me of being friends with a sinner? When last has somebody accused you of spending time with sinners? I'll just leave that one there. Because the people were not, couldn't understand, but that was where Jesus' heart was at. May we be accused of that every single day. Amen. He, gave, he went into his space, um, and the same way, if we are able to go into somebody's space, if we are able to invite somebody into our space, when we do that in partnership with the Holy Spirit, we, guys, we underestimate how powerful it is for and the blessing that's on us and the presence of God that's with us and in our homes. And we need to be able to invite somebody into our space. And we'll be able to take the presence of God into somebody else's space. Amen. And see what that means, the doors that that opens for you, for you and I to have a, a meaningful friendship, a meaningful relationship with someone. And this... Jesus did not spend three years with Zacchaeus. 
I don't even, it doesn't say anywhere whether they were friends from that day forward, but it doesn't mention that they spent time again. I'm thinking this was a one-off. <laughs> Most of our context, you'd be able to maybe invite somebody into your space more than once. I'm now, I'm trusting God for some of the dads that, that are in, involved with my Baliki rugby team. I'm trusting that we would be able to do an explore group together. You know, we've been frustrated together and we've been glad together when the boys run in the right direction. You know, we've, we've had some <laughs> shared experiences. So, um, you know, that's a great opportunity. And I believe all of us have people around us that are in a place where you can actually easily invite them into your space. Amen? So he gave the gift of friendship. He, when you and I care, when you are, and I are willing to share a bit of our story, when you and I are willing to listen to somebody else's story, that opens the door to hearts for us to be able to minister God's love. Amen? Have you noticed how, when you, how often when you engage with somebody, how, how keen people are to speak about themselves, not necessarily to ask you about your, about your life, which is fine. Um, but once you open your, once you start to care, and people notice they care, you care. People are willing to share, often more than we think, um, and that opens the door for us to care and to encourage and to affirm, to pray, to offer prayer. Amen. And that's my next point. He he gave him the gift of Jesus. He gave him the. Obviously, Jesus was there himself. But in a, in a situation like that, I want to say to us, don't just make it a bri. Trust to add Christ into the bri. Don't just make it a coffee. Um, may, if you know you're going to see the person every day, if your colleague, maybe the first day, don't make it. But the point is, in, in bring Jesus into it. Whether that it starts with prayer beforehand, it starts with the old um, important uh, saying that before you talk to God uh, before you talk to the people about God, talk to God about the people Amen. so pray, trust God engage with the Holy Spirit, intercede for that person and, uh, and God is able to work in their hearts, Amen. so um, so what I often, often when, when I see there's something that somebody's wrestling through I say is it okay if I pray for you in other words not necessarily in that situation it could be awkward for them so I'm going to commit to pray for you whether that's your grandma or your budgie or whatever the crisis is just to me to say I'm going to pray and then obviously praying that's important and the next time to say how is that situation going I've, no, I've seen people that are so surprised. Because most, most people ask, how's it going? And then obviously if you tell them that, you, you can see that's gone right through. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing sticking there. But you, I've seen people so surprised when I come back a week later and I say, how's it going with that thing that we spoke about? And they're like, who are you? <laughs> Why? How do you remember that? But it's because if, when we care for people, like Jesus does, and, and they see that, their hearts open. Amen. So ask, offer prayer, pray boldly, pray for the miracles, pray for the healings, 
and then follow up and ask how's it going and that thing. And it's amazing how God opens hearts. So in, we learn, in terms of learning to love people practically, and that might mean finding ways to serve your neighbors, finding ways to bless people in your community. You know this thing that we do, that we take food to new moms and moms that have small babies. It's such a wonderful outreach tool. I want us to get to a point where we can do that in the same way to couples that are not yet in church. It's, I know we don't always get it perfectly right, but most people that have been blessed by this can testify how amazing that is just to have some support physically, you know, practically in those first few weeks. And I've noticed when we do that for somebody that's not even in your friendship group or not even in your church, it speaks volumes and it ministers the love of Christ to somebody in such a practical way. This is just one example. There's so many ways that we can minister God's love and reach out to somebody that's in our sphere. I mean, there's a, one, of our, one of the dads at the rugby, his mom is in, um, in ICU. And I've just been on WhatsApp just saying, how's it going? Give me an update. Are you still praying? And you can see how much he appreciates it. He happens to be saved already. But uh, it's, there's always an opportunity to love someone is always an opportunity to care. Amen. Um, okay, so I want us to close now. Let's go on to the next bit here. In uh, Psalm 126, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Speaks of somebody that is experiencing a, there's, it's not always easy, and, but he's take going out, sowing seed. But then he speaks of the rejoicing of the harvest. And I want to ask us today, if, if you and I stand before Christ, one day, what will we have with us? What are we taking with us? Uh, yes, I believe He will. The way we respond to the cross determines where we spend eternity. Okay, I think we're clear on that. How we respond to the saving grace of Jesus and the cross determines whether we spend eternity with Him or not with Him. But how we respond to God's call and His uh, purpose depends how we spend eternity with Him. It depends what He... It, that determines what He can entrust to us for our eternal... eternal to, for us to manage in eternity, for us to, for us to engage with in eternity. There's a, there's a, a, a legacy and a, there's a destiny that He has prepared for us. And how we manage and how we respond to His call in this brief time that we have on earth sets us up for how we will spend eternity with Christ. Amen? And I believe there will be a place where we stand before Him and we give an account to, in terms of how we have responded to that call. That might mean He's called you to be an accountant or an engineer or a 
whatever profession you might find yourself in, He's called you to do that. And He will ask you an account, how did you do with that stuff? But I believe also that includes the only thing that you and I can take with us into eternity. And that is souls. We can't take money. We can't take that investment account. We can't. There's nothing else. That nice car or whatever you work, that, that place at the beach that we're saving for, for that one day <laughs> retirement, it's, it's going to rot as well. But what we are able to take with us is the sheaves, those, the harvest, the souls that we have been able to impact. But isn't that a joy that we are able to take something? And isn't that a joy that, that we're able to take something that is of most, that is of dearest and of something that's the closest to God's heart? We're able to take that with us. So I'm asking for us, I'm asking for myself, what are we taking with us? And at the moment, um, you know, we're preparing for uh, the Explore groups. And guys, I know this is, this is putting us out of our comfort zone. It's part, of the, it's part of the reason why we do it. But the Explore groups is an opportunity for every single soul among us to say, you know what, I'm, maybe this is my first day in church. I'm not even done any encounter or any Bible school or nothing of that. Every person is able to say, yes, I want to host a group. I want to make a space available, or even at work or in the tea room or wherever, or under the tree at work. And I, I want to be able, I, I, I can offer a snack or a cup of coffee, whether it be in my rest room or whether it be wherever, and I am able to have a laptop or somewhere where I can press play and we can look at some things together and we can trust God for somebody's life to be impacted. So I want to invite you, even if you feel you can't do this on your own, partner with somebody. Get a buddy. Two couples together is great. Or two friends together. Next year you can do it on your own. But the point is, don't not do it because of some excuse. I mean, this is a great opportunity. And this, we didn't plan it like this. The theme <laughs> is part of the one to anything. But I believe God is putting something on our hearts. I mean, so I want to encourage us with the explore groups. There's opportunities for mission still. Local. We're doing congregation visits. We're, going to, we're visiting church plants and we're blessing them and we're getting involved. And we're going to pr- be praying for the missions. Um, and then we've got the street evangelism that's just gaining a bit of momentum now. I know it's late in the evening and it's in the week. It's tough times. But I want to encourage you to put yourself out of your comfort zone and, and join us there when you are able to. Amen. Let's stand this morning in a pray. <coughs> Now, um, you know, in, in Afrikaans we have this word, it's called skipping's dool. <laughs> it means, what is your created purpose? What, what were you, you and I created for? And I have a conviction that if you and I were meant to, if we have no purpose here once we are born again, then why wouldn't Christ just 
rapture us. Why wouldn't God just rapture us straight away when you say, yes, you know, and your heart is committed to Christ and you've been born again, zap, there, off you go, sorted. Hallelujah. Then you don't have to worry about anything else. But he doesn't do that. I believe the recent part of, he leaves us here and he is, and this is why we're here, it's for us to partner with him. Jesus says, actually says, my food, my purpose is to do God's will and to finish his work. To do the will of the Father, to finish his work. I believe it's the same for us. If you've been wrestling, if you've ever been in a place of wrestling with God about why you are here, start there. Um, you know, people, people have this phrase, we were joking about it in the office the other day, about people say, oh, I don't feel led to, and then you fill in the blank. And I remember our youth pastor joked about us with that. But he was not, he was joking, but he was also serious. So he used to, <laughs> he used to you know, really be, challenge us saying, how can you say, I don't feel led to, and then say something that is clearly in Scripture? <laughs> How does that work? How do you say, I don't feel led to obey Jesus in this area? It doesn't make sense. In fact, he said, listen, if we need to, we can hand out pieces of lead at the door. And then you just keep it in your pocket. And whenever you feel you don't feel led for something, just feel it. You know, just feel the piece of lead. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so he used to be quite you know, in our face about that. But he was saying... How can we not feel led to do something Jesus has already said for us to do in Scripture? Can you, you get that? And I'm, I'm on that same page and I'm convict, myself, myself convicted. I don't need to feel led to share the gospel with somebody. I don't need to feel led to love my neighbor. I don't need to feel led to go on mission. In fact, I, my, my prayer is more, Lord, show me, show me if we shouldn't go. <laughs> Because I, this is clearly you have said for us to go. So if we don't, if we're not supposed to go to Live Village this year, please show us. <laughs> and I want to encourage us. Let's not, let's not be spooky and silly around God with not being led about something. So if that was your thing about Explore Group this year that you're not feeling led, I've got some extra lead. Um, if you need some. Uh, there's three things I felt God laying on my heart in terms of us to pray. The first one is, if you're finding yourself in that space where I was for many years as a Christian, with very little or zero concern for the lost, there's no condemnation, but there is an invitation for you to ask God this morning. For you to know Him in a place that matters most to Him. And I want to encourage you, if you're there this morning, I want to pray with you. Amen. And, and furthermore, if, um, if maybe you were in a place, maybe as a student or maybe as a young person, where you were engaging with the God and you were doing missions and you were doing outreach, but now just family life is just crazy and you find yourself not in that space, I want to invite you just to open your heart again to the Father and say, Lord, how can I in this crazy phase of my life with babies and no sleep and everything else, how can I, whatever that might mean in your context, how can I again engage with your heart for the lost daily? 
can I do that? I want to pray with you about that. And then, and then I also felt that there's some here that um, that feel far from Him, feel far from His purpose, feel far from. And maybe you know, even you feel like a bit surreal now this morning because you, it makes sense. But you're not even in this on this same planet this morning. This conversation that we're having, maybe you just feel completely distant from this. I believe there's a grace for you to draw near to Him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your great grace towards us, Lord. Father, we thank you that even as we sang before and as we, as we just hear again, Lord, that you've made a new and living way for each one, each soul in this place. You've paid the price through your Son so that we may have a relationship with you, that we may know you, Lord, that we may have intimate relationship with you. And this morning, I thank you that you invite us to be a part of that. You invite us to accept your gift of salvation, Lord, your gift of eternal life. You invite us to lay down our lives again, to take up our cross, to follow you, and as eyes are closed this morning, if you are in this place, maybe the first time, maybe you've been around church, or maybe it's just new to you, but if you're here this morning and, and you know that you don't have a relationship with Him, you know that you are far from Him, you know that you, and you have a conviction in your heart that you want to make right with God this morning, you want to lay down your life, you want to choose to follow Him as Lord and Savior, you want to accept the fact that Jesus has died for your sin and you want to appropriate that and make it real in your own life. Whether it be for the first time or whether you want to do it anew this morning. While every eye is closed, wouldn't you raise your hand for a moment? I would love to pray with you. If you know you want to make right with Him this morning. Thanks so much. And I'll ask, if, if you if you raise your hand, I want to ask you to do something really bold, and I'd love to, for you to pray to pray with you this morning, or maybe a facilitator to pray with you. Um, so if you're able to step out from where you are and come to the front, but just briefly want uh, need to want to really take the moment to pray together with you. This is so dear to God for you to really have that moment with Him. Would you like to come forward if you've raised your hand? Really appreciate that. There's a few people that have. Just a moment, be bold. We're gonna just pray with you in the frontier. That's possible. Okay, you know what we'll do? We'll I'll be on, on my left afterwards and I want to encourage you to join me there and we can pray together. I mean, Father, we thank you this morning for your heart for the lost, Lord. We pray and we humble ourselves, Lord. Lord, we acknowledge, Lord, that in our, in our own nature, Lord, we are selfish, Lord. But we thank you for the new nature that we have in Christ, Lord. And we trust this morning that you would stir in our hearts a love for your people. Stir in our hearts a love for the lost, Lord. Stir in our hearts a compassion and an urgency, Lord, to connect with your heart for the lost, Lord. In Jesus' name. We ask even, I pray for every heart in this place, mine included. Lord, that we would start 
in the place where you have put us, Lord, that we would trust and that we would start praying for the people around us, Lord, that we would start to engage your heart, Lord, for those people that you have put around us, those that I will never or some pastor may never be able to get to, but you have put each one of us in a different space. And we trust, Lord, that you would stir our hearts of those people in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for grace for us, not only to pray, but God, that you would empower us as you have empowered us by your Spirit, Lord, to move in obedience. That we would direct our steps, Lord. That you would show us ways to love people. That you would show us ways to stop and engage with people. That you would show us ways to, to engage and to get into each other's space, Lord. And more than anything else, that you would show us ways to introduce those around us to Christ, Lord. Nothing more, we'd, we'd like nothing more, Lord, than to enter into eternity with arms full of sheaves, Lord. Arms full of just, with, with a whole host of souls, Lord, to our account. Knowing, Lord, that somehow we've had an impact. Somehow, even through a small act of care or a, in a small way, Lord, we may have had an, a role to play in somebody entering eternity. Let your kingdom come, Lord through our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you find yourself in any of these specific things and situations that I mentioned before, and you just want to agree with somebody in prayer, please be bold. Please ask somebody next to you to pray for you, or even better, come to the front and pray for you. If you want to ask God for a heart for the lost, if if you're wrestling with fear, fear of man, stuff that's holding you back i want to pray with you this this morning and um and specifically if you're feeling far from god or maybe if you've been in that space and you're not there now please come to the front i'd love to pray with you thanks so much guys if you remember to sign up for the host the explore group host trading there's a a link that's being sent around if you haven't received it please ask at the info table we can send it on to you Um, god bless you Please remember the host training Saturday and then both services next week. Gilly will be here. Thanks so much for your time. If you need prayer in any other area, please also come to the front. Otherwise, join us with some refreshments. God bless you. listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash Pretoria.